Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Jim Pinto for another episode of Metal Workshop. And I guess this is our uh, post-break uh, episode. We're just kind of coming back to it after uh, a lull in recording, and so we thought we would just kind of catch up with each other and find out what we've been listening to and see where the discussion goes from there. So I guess I'll throw it to you, Jim. What what have you been listening to uh, I... since... Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying, since I think the, the last time we recorded was right before you went to that convention. I uh, discovered this band called Autumn. That that song Phantom Limb is just so good and so haunting. I've been listening to it a lot. And then Archimatheos just came out with their second album. And I've been that's been on repeat for me. And, of course, Opeth. I'm always listening to Opeth. Now, I think you sent me something by Autumn, right? I remember... I remember at least a very autumny looking album cover being sent to me, and then I followed the link and I, I went and I checked them out, and I remember liking them, but I don't remember much beyond them. Can you describe what Autumn is kind of all about? The I ha- I haven't researched the band at all, right? I was just mm-hmm. listening to what I found on, uh, on on YouTube, but they got they they've got I don't I never say got they have this uh, sort of progressive moody sound that I like. They remind me a little bit of Imaginos, which everybody thinks of Imaginos, the Blue Orchard Cult album. There's actually a band called Imaginos. And we're going to talk about female singers eventually. And there's two singers on that album that I want to talk about that I wish they'd done more work. But that's for another time. If you like moody, progressive music, Imaginos is fantastic. And this new band, Autumn, that I've discovered... um, it's just fantastic. The song's called "The Phantom Limb." And is did and Autumn have a female singer, or was it a? It does. They okay. do have a female singer, yeah. Uh, and they have other good songs, right? But the Phantom Limb is the first one off of the album of the same title. Oh, the album's called "Stacking Smoke." Sorry, um, but the song is just so good. And I, I think the album starts to wane towards the end. Maybe they don't. There's not enough range to some of the other songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first half is really strong, and then after a while, I get a little uh, with it. But uh, and apparently, there's a couple of bands named Autumn. So you have to yeah, look that's for not surprising. Sense. That's not surprising yeah. that there's a couple of bands by that name. Um, and and you've been listening to Opeth as well, which I guess yeah, is yeah, sort I'm, of standard. Yeah, I'm always listening uh, to Opeth, but I I uh, happened upon some uh, some songs that I sort of skipped over in the past, and I'm rediscovering them now and. Uh, songs like Chrysalis and um, Voice of Treason have been playing over and over again for me in the background. Now, do you generally listen to songs or do you generally listen to albums? Like, what's your... What's I'll your go approach? dig up the songs I want to hear and then I'll, you know, I'll, I'll let YouTube take me through their autoplay sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they start. It doesn't matter what you're listening to. Eventually, it all leads to Scorpions Winds of Change. Yeah, I, so, I've I've noticed that there's a, a pattern on YouTube with stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's nothing you can do. And once it finds out that pattern, even if you don't like it, it will. They used to have this feature where you could say, "Play this song next," mm-hmm. and I guess that went away because it was too useful. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yep. That's all I can figure out. I don't know what the logic was there. So now all you can do is tell it, no, don't play this anymore. Mm -hmm. You can't actually train it to play the stuff you like. You can just 
teach it negatively what not to play for which you. Is which is the worst I way. Is... That's the worst way to, yeah. to to develop a playlist of any kind. Um, yeah. I, I do that with... So when I'm looking at musical styles, I don't understand... I'll, I'll often do it that way. Like if I'm looks like like if it's like a, like I want to listen to some Chinese music and I don't really know a lot about it, I'll I'll kind of follow the trail on YouTube and that's how I discover what I like. But when I'm listening to stuff that is, I have more of a handle on. I feel obligated to listen to the whole album for some reason, um, and I don't know if that's good or bad because um, because sometimes I you know you, you you hear songs you wouldn't otherwise hear. But you also don't get drawn to like the cream of the crop right away. Do you know what I mean? So, so, so I, I, I wonder about about that method. Um, but I've been listening to Unleash the Archers, which I, I don't know, how, I don't remember how that came up. You, you brought them up in some conversation. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about. We weren't even talking about female singers yet. I had just mentioned how hard that that song Tonight We Ride is. I, I mentioned that I play it for my neighbors when they're being assholes and I just blast it out the window. Um, and so I think that's how we started talking about it. But then I sent you the link. And, and I... You, and, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, you hooked up with all their stuff after that. Well, I, I listen... Again, sometimes it takes a few few hits for things to land with me. Do you know what I mean? So, like, I think you mentioned that. And I saw it and then I saw another link. And I know that tonight we ride when that came out i saw it. it's like somebody posted something about it on facebook i might have even commented um and but but something was different this time around where i started paying i think it was that um what was the name of the song general the dark army was maybe the song yeah. that really uh set me off in fact i think we you had a facepalm moment and when you first sent it to me because of something i said and uh <laughs> and uh and and then, but then I got really deep into their catalog, and and I I thought uh, so. Number one, when I when I started listening to them, I started to second guess the idea we had of doing female led bands as a concept for a show, um, because I was a little bit, I was almost starting to think, well, wait, maybe that's maybe that's like the wrong way to go about it. Do you know what I mean? Because when I was listening to her, the thing I liked about the singer for this band is that she, and this was confirmed when I started researching them and, and, and finding out information about them, but you can tell just by listening, she, she's modeling her vocals after the, like the heavies. She's not just like modeling her vocals after her favorite female lead singer. Right. So she's, right. she's modeling them after Dickinson and, and not that there's anything wrong with, ha with her having a favorite female singer or something, but if you're limiting yourself to just the female singers, because you're a woman, then you're like eliminating a huge chunk of, of the greats. Right. And so you're, right. you're, you're not going to have as much. And I feel like I can hear like the level that she hits in, in terms of like, I think she's probably my favorite metal vocalist, you know, that, that hasn't like say been around for the past 30 years. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like just right, right, like, right. like my favorite new metal vocalist. With, with like hands down, I put her up there with Bruce Dickinson and all the people on her list that she had of vocalists that influenced her, and and it, and so the vocals really impressed me. Uh, also, the the band, I it it almost has what I would say is sort of a, it it's got like a progressive style to it in in a lot of ways. Like there there's the 
the the way that they that they structure their songs, the way that they they play lead over chord progressions kind of feels a little bit progressive to me. But right. it's done in and I guess maybe a way that's still got one foot in like the traditional side of things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it still kind of harkens back to that earlier metal. And so it's just like a really nice blend because I feel like the musicianship is there, but it's also rooted in the the old stuff that I like. And, and it's not in any way, it doesn't come off like largely due to the lyrical content. It doesn't come off as pretentious or anything like that. It's just kind of, you know, good solid metal and so i i i, I really found, I, I i i bought all of their albums and i i it turns out I, I think their first album is actually my favorite now that i've had a chance to to um to listen to them but they're the kind of band where every album i could make an argument for it being their best album um and so i just i just really enjoyed them and and so so thank you number one for introducing them to me uh but number two uh I, I, I wish I had been following this band, you know, longer than I have because I, uh, I I was I was making up for lost time with them just going through each album and, you know, just constantly listening to these songs in the car. And then I would find the three or four songs from each album that I really liked and then just right. constantly play them. Um, so that's pretty much what I've been doing. Um, probably well, one, the, of the, oh, one of the things they've got going for them as a band is, and I think this has happened with a lot of bands, is that Prague... In, it, the the gap between prog and traditional metal is starting to narrow, mm-hmm. um, unless you're one of the, unless you're a band like uh, Animals as leaders. I, and I we can talk about them later. Um, they they have so many songs that aren't easy easily melodic on the ear, mm-hmm. right? Unleash the archers, and the the ones that are hardest on the ear are the ones that are really drawing the most from the prog movement, because they never get to that point where you get a comfortable rest uh-huh. does that make sense no i i hear you i but but i find them i but see that's the weird thing because one of the things that i find hard about prog is what you just said but with unleash the archers i don't like they still they hit these moments that feel like those glorious metal you know like like just to use an example like when you hear when you hear the chorus to aces high right that just right. that gets me every time it just it's a it's a it's a it's 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 simple it it works there are a lot of moments like that in unleash the archers even though it's got a lot of this other stuff that's more complex surrounding it do you know what i mean so they don't make her voice the focus of every single song no that's true that's true and and i think where she that space where she's struggling to find her melody Mm -hmm. um on some of those deeper songs or some of those crunchier songs i think that's where she's fighting what's going on or they're fighting. I don't want to say it's her fault. Mm. Um, and that those songs make it harder to just listen to them. I get you. So, well, well, I mean, I like them a lot. Don't get me yeah. wrong. I have everything that they made. Um, but I, I, I have a do hard you, time with some of the material. Do you have an example of one that stands out for Cause I just want to make sure I understand what you're, uh, I'd have to go and do some research. That's okay. I haven't listened to the bad well, stuff in a while. Cause I, cause I'm wondering, I'm just wondering if, if if I agree with you or if I'm on the opposite side of you, and <laughs> you I don't might think... be on the opposite yeah. side with me. So, this one. well, let, well, let me say what because it's possible that that I agree, but I don't know if I understand exactly what you're saying. So, uh, one of the things that I was thinking when I was listening to them was, 
and this is maybe more of a general commentary on growls and the different vocal styles. I don't know that the growls are necessary in a band like this. Do you know what I mean? I feel like her <laughs> vocals are strong enough that like it's like if you have Dio, why add, you know, you know, somebody with a growl voice to the mix. Do you know what I mean? Like you just you have Dio. Just, you know, lean on Dio. And I feel like by shifting to the growls, it kind of detracts from the fact that they have this really great, uh, you know, leader and like lead singer in the band. You know, they have somebody who's operating at like a Bruce Dickinson level. Um, so I, I don't know but, if that, but I don't know if that touches on what you were saying. So not, not really. I, I understand what you're, I mean, I, yeah, I think it without going, goes without saying that I don't like the growls in mm-hmm. the band. Um, I think it's okay in a couple of places, but uh, using to get back to my point, maybe this will be more clear. You like the song "Daughters of Winterstone." Yeah, I did, but but it took me a little while to get into that one. Right, and I've had trouble getting into that song, and I think that it's because the song itself never finds its groove. It never, it's never comfortable. It's it's sort of an uncooked brownie paste. You know, you want to eat it, Mm. but you know it needs ten more minutes in the oven. So that you're that, really oh go ahead go ahead no that's it yeah that song does some interesting things that I I, I totally get what you're saying because like um, it wasn't a song that it was like a song I would skip over when I first started listening to the album right like I, once I got the point of it I was like okay I don't you know and it, it was only when I was sort of just going back and just listening to everything a hundred percent of the way through over and over again that I started to click with the song a little bit. Part of that is because midway through it does find its groove, right? Like like towards the end of the song, it kind of right. starts going in a direction that's discernible, right? Um, right. Vocally and musically. Uh, but also, this thing you were saying about the places she kind of has to find her footing. Yeah. I found there was some dramatically interesting stuff going on there. Do you know what I mean? It was like the scene that she was painting of this, you know... It sounded like a medieval, uh, uh, you know, sort of forced labor factory camp or something. Like I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not big on lyrics like a lot of people, but I sort of was getting imagery of a certain type of situation, and and I, I, I liked the way that her her vocals were kind of coming in like like streaks of paint, just painting little scenes. But it wasn't like it's like you're saying it wasn't like a she wasn't painting a clear melodic line. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So dramatically it worked, kind of like the way it might work in opera, but but it's not necessarily easy to just ease into with your ears. Right. Uh, and I, without listening to that entire album from beginning to end again, which I would need to do, mm-hmm. I don't know where in the album it falls and what role it's playing in the, yeah. in the on the album. Right. That's a important when you have a concept album like they they all their albums are concept albums. So they're telling a story. The Daughters of Winterstone is probably an important part of that story. And it needs to be told this way. Yeah. But I think because they're a young band, they sometimes make the mistake of, well, we've got this really good groove. We've got this really good riff that we wrote. And then they'll write lyrics over that part instead of enjoying that as a break from the lyrics. I think oh, I see what you're saying. There's, there's parts of songs where she's singing over it that I think, well, that's not really a part I would have... If I were a producer, I would just say, no, don't oh, sing Oh, I get you. Uh, okay. okay. See, I think that's something I actually like about them, though. I like that because she yeah. kind of does a Robert Plant thing where it's like the vocal is just doing this thing over the guitar that 
is sort of riffing on. You know what I mean? It's not like a standard vocal line. Um, but in some places, it doesn't work quite as well. But like, there's a song called Foreign Hand where she's kind of doing that, and I think it really works well. Um, but Daughters of Winterstone, I'm looking at the track listing now. It comes after General of the Dark Army. So yeah. it's kind of... It's it's coming after a fairly strong uh, yeah, it, song. Yeah, that's a song that you may need a break after. I don't know. I really like General of the... I think Cleanse the Bloodlines is my favorite song by them, to be honest. Okay. And okay. I think it's because it's it's so powerful, right? You've got these moments there where she is just letting you have it as a vocalist. And she's, she's doing that at the same time that the music is giving her the space to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not fighting the music. She's working with the music. Okay. And, okay. and again, I think that that just comes with youth. I think they're still a young band. Um, and they have the potential to be the best female-led band out there. Um, not just in my opinion, I think in general opinion, right? There's a lot of people that like Nightwish who I'm not a big fan of. I, I can't stand Nightwish. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm glad you said yeah, that then that's, yeah. I'll go that far as to say I can't yeah, stand Nightwish. I can't, I, but there's I, okay. a lot of people that like them. Well, see, the reason I like this band is because I feel like when you talk about Nightwish, that's what you say. You say it's like a, you, you classify it as they're a good female band or something, you know, or a good symphonic yeah. metal band or something. But yeah, with, yeah, yeah. but but with this band, I don't feel that that qualifier is at all necessary. I feel like it's just a good band. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's yeah, just, they're a fantastic yeah, band yeah. that happens to have a female lead singer. Yeah, Absolutely. and and so and I feel like she's showing a much better pathway for female vocalists than a lot of the other stuff I've seen in the past ten years. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, I feel like yeah. that's. Because what like some of the stuff she's doing is re- just really interesting to me, and and it, it's I I I I don't know I I just was I was tr- I'm tremendously impressed and she also does a she does a lot of vocal harmonies and she does it in a way that to me reminds me more of how Freddie Mercury used to write with vocal harmonies right. than how a metal singer would typically do it but she still does it in a metal way. And right. and so I feel like that's not easy to do. Like a lot of a lot of people layer their harmonies after the fact, and I, I mean I could be wrong, but I feel like she's actually writing out these harmonies as she's writing them. Do you know what I mean? Like I feel like there's more compositional stuff going on with with the harmonizing, um, which to me is always impressive. If you if you like you know how like Bohemian Rhapsody was written, for example, how he right. he really had that stuff all hammered out. You know, like like he knew where the vocals were going. It wasn't just, you know, putting an additional track, you know, and, you know, you, you know, t- testing out another, an, uh, you know, an, another note on top of a note. Um, you know, I, I, again, this, uh, there's a song, um, The Outlander. I, like, if you listen to The Outlander, I think you get that sense of it. But it's you can hear it in other songs that they've done. Um, and they had another song, too, that I really like called Time Stands Still. Um which I don't, and I don't know why I like that song so much. I just think it kind of, the thing about this band that I got excited about was they were bringing to the table a lot of stuff that I thought wasn't really as like I I, I don't know I, I felt like like I was the st- the reason I come to metal is for bands like this. Do you know what I mean? Like that's uh, it just has all the stuff that I'm looking for. Um, but yeah, I don't know. They don't, they don't, they, don't, they, don't, they have what four albums and and when I was looking them up, it sounds like 
like bands get a pretty raw deal these days like i guess napalm like it sounds like they have to pay to make the album it's not like i don't think it's like it used to be so so i think this band even though they're 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 a young band but i think they're still kind of like a struggling band in a lot of ways like i don't think that they've made it and you know what i mean like i think they all still have like i could be wrong but i got the sense that these people all still might have normal jobs and stuff Um, yeah i think i think any metal band today any anybody worth their salt is probably has a second job I mean, that was really disappointing to hear like that. Like I, I hadn't thought about it because, I mean, back in the day, unless it was like a, you know, like a genre band, like if I was listening to a doom metal band, I knew they might have other jobs. Right. Because a lot of those <laughs> bands weren't they weren't they weren't like, you know, raking in the big bucks. But you knew Metallica was doing OK. You knew that Megadeth was doing OK. You knew that, you know, the people that, you know, had reached bigger heights were doing OK. Uh, right. But but a lot of these bands, you know, it, it's it looks like they're living on ramen and stuff you know but somebody's making money off this stuff right because they i mean they're, they're you know napalm's doing okay um so it just it just well, kind of bothered me when i heard that um uh, it's interesting that you bring up napalm because one i think they're, they're signing the best acts right now most of what i they're the only thing i subscribe to on youtube okay um, yeah i, I do I don't too. like I do every too. single band i don't like every single band that they they promote but they seem to be doing a really good job of trying to give these bands a showcase. Um, th- there could be some politics going on inside that I'm not aware of, um, and that's fine. Maybe they're all scumbags. Um, but I appreciate that they're signing these these small bands and that they've become the repository for this level of metal. These are bands that love doing what they're doing. No, they do. But if you look up this band, they've had massive lineup changes, and it's almost—I think—almost all due to the fact that members are, you know, like I gotta, I gotta eat. Do you know what I mean? I can't keep doing yeah. this. Um, and that see, and that you know, that seems to be a fairly common thing. Um, like I'm sort of torn because on one hand, I think you're right. Like Napalm does have a lot of good acts, and you know, I, I remember them from back in the day. But like, I, I also feel like. You know, shouldn't these bands not be working second jobs? Um, you know, if you're making music videos for them and stuff, right? Like if they're reaching, like if they, like maybe the imagery is throwing me off. Maybe I'm not realizing just how, 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 like small these bands are. But the level of performance that a band like this is bringing seems like it's a level of performance that's very professional and should be, you know, paid uh, appropriately. Uh, but I don't know enough about how the music industry works. I just, and I could be way off. It's just that when I was, you know, one of the side effects of me following information about this band and looking at interviews and stuff was, I just got this sense that, that they're, they're, that it's like they've made it, but they really haven't. Do you know what I mean? And that seems to be the case with a lot of these bands. Um, and I'm just wondering uh, who's making the money. Uh, I think you might know this, that I have a novel out i I have a novel i didn't know that no okay well there you go i wrote a novel it is available for purchase my publisher does really nothing to promote the book Uh it's my job to promote it they're the publisher they're the repository they'll print the books that sell right but Mm -hmm. they're not going to there and they might take them to some shows here and there but they don't they have plenty of people on their docket that they're pushing. And I, I don't begrudge them that that's the situation I signed up for and that's fine. Mm. Um, but I don't have the energy or the acumen to be a marketing 
genius, and I don't want to be. I want to be a writer, and so I don't focus on my novel writing. I focus on my game writing. Do you want to promote the book while we're here? <laughs> like, do you... no, 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 no. That's that's silly. Um, if you, you can just go find it, Jim Pinto on Amazon. It's not hard okay. to find. Um, what was I going to say? Um, I I think that this is the this is all media now, right? Yeah. Yeah. J.J. Abrams is not a good writer. He's not a good director. He's not a good creator. But he was really good at selling himself through the process of Hollywood to get where he is. He's a great politician. So the pathway to success for most people isn't talent anymore. It's being good at marketing and politicizing yourself. And I think that politicizing is probably the wrong word. But um, you, you, like, I, you're like the office politic side of it yeah yeah, that's what i mean yeah Yeah. and i think a band like unleash the archers they're doing the traditional sleeping in a van going on tour hitting all these small towns to promote themselves and none of them are good at math so none of them are stopping and thinking well holy shit it took us a hundred miles to get here Mm -hmm. we spent this much on gas this much on food this much on hotels this much on moving our gear to get to a club that has 500 people, a a sampling rate of 3%, which is really, really good, which is the highest sampling rate you could probably have in most fields, would mean that 15 people picked up their CD when they bought, saw them play, right? That's $150 for four or five people for one night. None of them are doing that math when they're promoting themselves as a band. And that's the kind of thing that Napalm should be holding their hand through and saying, you guys can't be touring like this and expecting sales. You can't expect word of mouth to carry you anymore. We need to make sure that you're opening for somebody big. This is the role that Napalm should be performing. I don't know if they are, but that's how Napalm should be helping. My publisher should be telling me, Jim, we've got to get you at a convention sitting next to this other writer, right, so that people see your book when they're buying his book, because you're never going to, at the sampling rate of 3%, you're never going to move any product. Okay, no, and that's, I mean, and I, I know nothing about how the music business functions, but like, and, and I might have misunderstood something from an interview, so maybe this is just built on me not grasping things, but the thing that bothered me wasn't all that stuff so much as I thought that what they said was they had to actually buy the album from Napalm. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, that, I, I agree. I absolutely 100% believe that. And so that, I have to buy my copies of my book from my publisher. Oh, but okay. Okay, I, okay, if it's in that I guess I mean I I don't know, I just feel like I, I when I think about it in publishing it I can sort of see it cuz I, I understand how publishing works, but I guess with music I assumed it was still operating where you know like you know, the, the, the Napalm is is paying to make the album and paying and getting them into distribution and and all that. Um uh, that it wasn't my, under, my oh, understanding ahead. is they pay for the studio time, uh-huh. they pay for the recording, they pay for the mixing because they want to own the music, right? Oh, you, okay. If you want to own it, you have to do all of that. I then Napalm says, We will print the CDs for you. We think we can move 10,000, so we're going to print 10,000, whatever okay. the number is. I'm just okay. picking one. And then if they want to sell copies at their shows, they have to buy from that 10,000. From Napalm. So Napalm's responsibility is taking on the financial risk of how many they print 
I see. And then Unleashed, the Archer's responsibility is to pay for studio time, pay for the music videos, and then pay for their own tour. Okay, okay. I mean, I, I guess my, my fear is with bands like this, you worry that, well, you know, because you can see them progressing tremendously as a band. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. And you worry that, well, are they going to burn out? Do you know what I mean? Are they going? You're gonna have these great bands that just evaporate because it's it's hard to sustain it. And again, right. I could be wrong. I might have misinterpreted what they were saying in these interviews. But I just was, I was like, well, they lost all these members, and they. It right. seems like that it's 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 financially difficult for them. I'm, you know, uh, I mean, I I remember I think something like that was going on with Solitude Eternus back in the day. I kind of recall getting that sense with them too but but again that was a genre band so you know i don't i don't know i'm i don't know that i would classify this band as 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 much i mean people they tend to get described what is power metal is that the uh is that the label that they usually get attached to uh them? yeah i think unleashed archers is very general heavy metal but yeah power that's... metal because of her voice maybe yeah i i tend to just classify them as heavy metal like just yeah. based on what I've heard, but I, 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 I and I, and I, I, th- I think the vocals are distinct enough. One thing I wanted to talk about, though, because of her vocals, was um, how the singer she reminds me the most of is Dickinson. Like, there's definitely other singers. She's doing other things. You hear that song, uh, what is it, Destroyer, and that's very Judas Priest like, right? Like that kind of has a Rob Halford vibe to it, but, but. By and large, she's kind of got this, um, this, this, this Dickinson-like style, and I was thinking about how it's interesting that she's got a Dickinson style because people classify them as power metal, and power metal is kind of known for having the operatic voice, right? Like they they tend to right. they tend to have an operatic voice, and I feel like the operatic voice voice is a product of Dickinson. I feel like that's where it comes from. I feel like. When I first heard Dickinson, the most distinct thing that you sense about his voice is the vibrato, right? Like that's the that to me is like the the thing that really stands out the first time you hear him, and that's kind of a operatic technique, right? But he's not really doing opera. He's not Dickinson isn't somebody that you would say is is an opera singer. He's not doing technical opera, but there's an operatic quality to his voice. Would you say that's generally true? I see where you're going. I don't know that it actually is considered, uh, I, ish. Let's say. Yeah, that's ish. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Operatic. Yeah. I'm not saying he's he's definitely not an opera singer. He's definitely yeah. not doing opera. Like there's the, but what I'm getting at is, when I first heard him, I was like, well, he kind of sounds almost like opera. Do you know, that was like my first reaction to Dickinson. <laughs> and okay. And so then when I heard Candlemas, I was like, oh wow, somebody's actually doing opera, right? But then when it got to power metal, I was like, you know, it was great when Dickinson kind of sounded like opera. It was really cool when Messiah Marcolin was doing opera. I don't want a whole genre of music that's opera vocals. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think right. it's too much. It's going to ruin metal if it's like all opera. all Because the last thing metal needs is a bunch of opera singers infiltrating the genre. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it just would, it would ruin metal. And I think you could make an argument that it... M- maybe has done so to a degree like so what i'm getting at is the is i think it's interesting that she is going back to dickinson because they're technically classified as a power metal band but they 
she's not doing the opera singing. She's doing it more in the style of Dickinson. Um, and so it's kind of like when somebody goes back and corrects a musical direction that took a wrong course. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I feel like this is like an alternate version of what power metal could have been. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I, I don't know that, 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 that was my thought on it. I, uh, you know, I, 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 it took listening to this band for me to sort of realize what it is that bothers me about power metal, um, and why it's you know why. I I think with some, and I I say symphonic metal too. There's a lot of symphonic metal that does that, right? Like with the opera singing and stuff. And I don't know. I I just I I I, I think that that's it's it's too much stylization of the, of the music. And it's well past the point of when it was novel. Do you know what I mean? Like, like again, when Candlemas did it, it was novel and interesting, but then after that, I didn't really want it. Right. It's, it is the biggest problem with any kind of derivative work. Uh, I sent you that link, you and Robert, that link to that band. It was the worst, the hoot, whatever. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yep. 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 Glory Hammer? Was that what it was called? It was called? Glory Hammer, and it was um, In Who We Trust was the lyric that really oh, left out. First of all, Glory Hammer sounds like a porno. It sounds like the worst porno ever, or the name of a place where you put 25 cents in to watch a porno. Yep, yep. So that already is bad. Then the visuals for the band are awful. They're singing in fake Latin. Oh, right? it wasn't okay. So, see, I I assumed it was real Latin, but that, that's even uh, more interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, Magnus is Latin, but the rest of it's just gibberish nonsense, just on top of. And the Siege of Dunkeld in Hoots We Trust. There's so much wrong going on there all at once, and then you look at the lyrics, you hear the music, you hear the singing. That's operatic, power metal garbage to the worst exponential that you could do. I, I think it's the worst metal I've ever heard. I I thought it was pretty... Well, What I think my response to that was it sounds like an algorithm made this music. Like yeah, an yeah, algorithm yeah. intended to sound like power metal made this music. And it's like... Which is bad. Like, that's worse than bad. That's worse than somebody sitting down to make something good and failing. Do you know what I mean? It's like... It's it's like no, I'm just shooting for mediocre. Do you know what I mean? Um, I just want to sound like like power metal. That's sort of my goal. Um, so yeah, I I, I I can't disagree with with your assessment of it. I, I thought it sounded very mediocre. That's how I that's how I felt about it. But uh, but you think it's because it's derivative. The derivative nature of it is what. Yeah, well, because. Let's say that power metal actually starts with Halloween, right? And I think it does. And they're a good bit. I like Halloween. Halloween I can enjoy. Yeah, they're they're okay. We've talked about them before. They have a couple of okay songs. Um, but it, some of it gets silly, and they don't take themselves seriously. Dr. Steen makes funny creatures. We talked about that. Yep, yep. Then you have bands like Power Wolf, and they have power right in the title, and Sabaton, and Civil War, and these bands spend their entire careers to get to the point where they're only making one good song that everybody can enjoy. 
You know what I mean? Uh-huh. They're so busy making all of this over-the-top nonsense. It's just so silly. And they keep making derivatives of derivatives. derivatives. I talked about animals as uh, leaders earlier. Yeah. Um, and I want to get back to that. This is a perfect time to do that. I think Dream Theater sucks. They're the worst of prog metal. Everybody yeah. loves them. Yeah. And that... The only thing I want to say about that is you are definitely fighting an uphill battle against. No, a, I know, I, mean, I know. But let yeah. me let me finish the thought, okay. and you'll see where I'm going. So Petruki is just he's just a machine, right? He's yeah. a machine that makes music, that makes chords, that makes riffs. He doesn't have any heart or soul into what he does. He just time to make another mathematically composed series of notes, and he does it, and it's another album, and it's a wall of noise. Everybody that is a derivative of Dream Theater and a band like Animals as Leaders is a perfect example, is just how many notes can we cram into a measure? How many notes can I play now? How fast and hard, how many time changes can I have before before it's in, incomprehensible yeah. as music, right? Animals as Leaders could be a great band. If you listen to them, they're all amazing musicians, but the music they're producing is incomprehensible. And you have so many derivative bands of that already botched genetic code for oh, music. Oh, I get you. I get you. Right? So if you have a cell that keeps... You have a cancer cell that keeps spreading, right? It keeps splitting and making more of itself. That's not good for the host body. And I look at power metal that way. I look at any kind of prog band that's copying Dream Theater that they already started with bad code and they're making a derivative of that bad code and they're never going to get to a good place that way. I remember there was a, I can't remember the name of the channel, but I used to, I, I watched a lot of music theory channels on YouTube and stuff. And there was one guy yeah. who kind of was a middle of the road in terms of music theory and had some interesting observations about it. And I remember I sent a question to him, which he read on his channel. He had a good answer. Uh, which wasn't my answer, but I basically was saying, is there a certain point with music theory where you get diminishing returns on the compositional side of things for a rock and roll or heavy metal band? Like if you, if you like is, is over familiarity with music theory, sometimes a bad thing is it, or, or if too, if, if the industry as a whole is too reliant on it, does it start to cause problems? And I'm wondering if that's kind of what's going on here is that, not that music theory is bad, but that it's sort of there's a lot of stuff that feels like it's just purely a product of music theory now. Do you know what I mean? Like a lot of music is just sort of this is it, it's it's just drawn right out of music theory, and it's it's not it's not necessarily people sitting there and struggling to figure things out. Maybe the way like a band like Metallica had to they had some music theory knowledge because of members like Cliff Burton in the band, but by and large, they were sort of learning as they went. Do you know what I mean? Um, I don't know where I'm going with this exactly, but do you get no, what I'm saying? I see where you, you when you do that, I, I think I like where you're going. And I, I think that there's some, something to be said for that. You get some fresh ideas, but you also get people reinventing the wheel, right? Yes. There's yes, stuff absolutely. we know about music. And I talk about this in game theory all the time because I understand game theory much better than I understand music theory. Mm. Um, and I talk about all these game designers at the indie level who have no interest in studying the classics, 
who have no interest in understanding why decisions were made. And they reinvent the wheel and they make a game that already exists just with different dice, right? Yeah. Yep. And the same is true of music. It's it if you're going all the way back to square one and you don't want to listen to anybody that's ever made music before and you want to try to create something from scratch, you're either going to make something that's incomprehensible or you're eventually going to lead to a path where, oh, somebody's already done that. No, the, that's true. The chance of making something unique in that pathway is nigh impossible. But there are two different things going on there. There's one of them is, is listening to other bands that came before you. Right. So like, right. obviously you have to do that. You can't, you can't just say, well, I'm not going to listen to other, I'm not going to go back and listen to the stuff that led to the music that I'm making because I know what I want and I'm a special individual and I'm super creative. Right. That's a bad idea in pretty much any creative, uh, you know, industry or you don't want to do that. But music theory is a whole other thing, right? Music theory are all these tools that you can right. use to to analyze music, to make music. Um, most musicians have a certain level of music theory knowledge. Um, but there's, it seems like right now, maybe because of YouTube, maybe because of other things going on, we're at a, we're at a point where people are hyper aware of music theory. And there's a right. lot of it in music. And... Sometimes it's a good thing, but sometimes I, I sit there and I go, I know, I, I, I wonder if this is all such a good thing because as much as I like music and I think music theory has value, I, I, I feel like there's, I don't know, I, I, I feel like there's a lot of autopilot going on with the application of music theory. And, right. and if somebody, like, yeah, you might reinvent the wheel. Like maybe somebody figures out something about harmonies that they would have been able to find in music theory more easily. But there's something. Sometimes there's something about bands like that that do it a little bit more rough and don't even realize that they're doing it. Do you know what I mean? Right. Versus yeah, yeah, a band. No, no. Versus a band that's doing it in circles around them, but there's no there's no real core to it. There's no real like inspiration behind it because there, there there isn't that struggle they can just slap it on do you know what i'm saying whereas this other band they had to work really hard just to get that sound because they don't necessarily know how the pieces fit together to, to get there um i think you're talking about the ten thousand hours problem right? okay go you ahead you need to go spend ahead. you need to spend ten thousand hours doing a thing to get good at it right yeah, it's yeah. not exactly ten thousand. It's different for everybody, but it's a generally accepted term. I think if you haven't put in your ten thousand hours on a guitar and you're trying to invent a new sound, chances are you're not going to succeed, right? You no, don't know absolutely, what you're doing. absolutely. Um, have you? Uh, what's his name? Morello from Rage Against Machine. Tom Morello. Yeah, I, I Tom Morello. Have I, you I'm ever not very it? familiar with his music though. I just know the Rage Against the Machine and the and some of the stuff from Audio Slave that they did. Have you ever heard how he came up with his sound? No, I haven't. Oh, it, it's a fascinating story. He was really poor, and he could only afford one guitar. Mm -hmm. His guitar wasn't a very good guitar. It didn't have all the tools that everybody else's guitar had. And he was practicing and practicing and practicing, trying to get good. And he had that. He had one power switch on it, on the on the top, and he would be able to turn it on and off really quickly to create that choppy sound in his work so his okay. sound developed as a uh, reflection of his tools but 
it didn't happen just because he had a bad guitar, right? Yeah. Anybody can buy a bad guitar at a swap meet. He still had to put in his 10,000 hours. And I think, I think that's the hard part because we only see success stories. We only see people once they've completed the ritual of becoming good at what they do. We don't realize what it took, say, Chuck Jones, the illustrator, to become the best cartoonist in the history of cartoons. We don't know what it took for him to get there. Well, we I, only know Chuck Jones when he's done. And I guess that's the other piece of the puzzle. I think what you're describing to me is is that is the 10,000 hours, but it's also him figuring some of the stuff out himself, right? Like, right. He's like nobody's giving him that roadmap. The the music theory stuff takes you 10,000 hours, right? Like, like music theory is deep. It's, you know, right. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm still like just a middling person when it comes to, to music theory. Cause it's so extensive and it, there's a lot of stuff in it that I, I struggle with still. And I know that I, that's true with a lot of guitarists that I know, you know, there's no right. varying degrees of music theory. Um, but I, I just wonder if, you know, you can, if, if you're putting all of your 10,000 hours into music theory and, and it's not, I don't know, you're not doing what Tom Morello did. Is something going to be missing from the picture? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I, I, again, I, I, don't, I don't know if, I, 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 it's also hard because it's not like I'm analyzing individual musicians and saying, what was the path this musician took to get to where he is? So I'm kind of just speculating. But it, it, I, I just kind of get this sense from a lot of music that, that, the, that the, the overabundance of music theory itself is 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 affecting uh, the kind of music that's being made and like uh in some cases it works like 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 in a lot of the prog music it can work really well but there are times like you were pointing out where i feel like it's detrimental like where it uh it's 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 it's, uh it's it's become its own aesthetic and and, and, and it's producing that genetic code that you were talking about where right uh, where like sometimes I'll listen to music right and it'll just like I kind of know what the guy's doing I know I know that they're using like you know scales and modes to just kind of shred all over this weird chord progression that defies certain expectations of how chord progressions are supposed to work right um, and sometimes that sounds almost like nothing to me. Do you know what I mean? And like you were saying, that was the case with that band that you, the, the Animal something? Uh, Animals as Leaders. Yeah. Like, th like that was your experience with that band, right? Like it's just sort of like, there's nothing that you could sink your, your ear into, right? Like you just couldn't, and, 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 and I think it's because the, it works on a music theory level, but it doesn't work on like an emotional level. Do you know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, and I think to get to the emotional level, you have to go something down the road that Tom Morello was going down, you know, on on top of the music theory. You can't, so, so, so I don't know. I, I, that's sort of what I'm saying. Is this, 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 I don't know. There's like a certain amount of heart that's missing because a lot of music is maybe all brain now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Um, yeah. I, well, we're doing everything in vacuums, right? And, uh, Real quick, just to get back to my the point, I don't want to draw, I don't want to lose this. Is you have you have people in the past who learned how to play their instruments and made just music first, yeah, right? 
Bates Warning wasn't making prog out the gate. They were just making metal. Yeah, they were making yeah. generic metal when they started, and it took a long time to find their sound. And I think when you're working in a vacuum, when you're working at home by yourself, and you're watching videos on YouTube to learn how to play guitar, and especially if you're watching bad videos, right? If you're watching people who think they know what they're talking about, and all they know is four chords, mm-hmm. and they play, and all they play is acoustic, they're not going to help you get to a place where you are passionate about music or that you love what you're doing yeah and if you're working at home by yourself and you're just replicating the the things that you're seeing and you're not mastering them and then experimenting with them right we talked about this about tool the the guitar player from voivod who's also in tool he will play the shit out of a out of a riff he will come at it for every fucking angle he can come at and then decide is that worth keeping or moving on and so that experimentation that he's doing came after years. He's been doing this for 20-plus years, right? Mm. He didn't say at the age of 15, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to play the shit out of something I don't even understand. Yeah. I'm going to try every single riff I could possibly try when I don't even know how to hold my hands on the fretboard yet. Yeah. And I, I think... I, I'm reiterating what I've said before. I think people don't understand what how much work it takes because they're just looking at success stories and they're not looking at the path of success stories. And we just talked about this on my other podcast with Richard about what it takes to make it in the gaming hobby, right? There are people that just like games, so they think that's enough to make a game. And then there's people that think you could just make money at gaming because they see somebody else made money at gaming. Mm. And nobody comes at it passionately enough. And you get all this derivative hack nonsense. Any of these games that are just copies of D&D aren't any good. And the same is true of music that this is just a copy of a copy of a copy. And I'm repeating myself now, so I'll shut up. Okay, no, that's fine. That's fine. Um... Is it fine that I'm shutting up, or is it fine that I was repeating myself? It's fine that you're repeating yourself. It's fine that you're repeating yourself. You should have said it's fine that you're shutting up. That would have been more funny. I I know, I know. Um, But sometimes I don't don't want want to be cruel today. I want to be be kind. Um, I'm not a delicate flower. No, I know that. I I, I know, I know. But, but, you know, first episode back, I think we should probably go a little bit light. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, and I don't mind derivative stuff. Sometimes like, you know, I like genre stuff. I like, you know, I like, you know, in the gaming context, I like retro clones and stuff like that. And in music, I like things that are discernible genre of, of metal. But, but I feel like when they do that, they need to go back to the originals. Jim, you need to go, you need to like, you need to pay your specs to the, to the heavies in the right. in the in the in, in in metal and you know and i'm and, and there are plenty of bands doing that but there's so, sometimes i'll listen to music and i'll be like it doesn't sound like this band heard anything before 1985 do you know what i mean like right you, right and and i and i think that produces a shallowness that isn't present if they've listened to the stuff going way back um you know and and stuff beyond metal like i don't think i think if you're a metal guitarist you should listen to Jimi Hendrix. Do you know what I mean? Jimi Hendrix is not metal, but I think he's really important guitarist to listen to. Yeah, and, and yeah, I'm not. Yeah, that's and, a really good point. And and I'm not like super into Hendrix, but like I listened to him when I was playing. You know, I, I, I you know, same with you know, all these other 
you know, even genres that I didn't like, I would listen to. Um, yeah. And and so, you know, I, I think I think that's, you know, necessary. But but either way, you know, I I, I don't want to, you know, go super negative on on music because I was talking we were talking about bands that we kind of liked. So. Um, so, you know, I, I think I and, and this is why I, I found Un Unleash the Archers so refreshing was just that a lot of the stuff that was annoying me. I wasn't having that problem with them. Do you know what I mean? So that's why, especially vocally, the, the really refreshing thing about the band for me was the vocals. Um, you know, I, I think that I think really one of the things that's been kind of bothering me in general about metal is just. I feel like vocally a lot of a lot of what I hear is kind of adrift and, and, uh, and so, and it kind of makes sense given that metal is sort of structured around having really grating and unique muscle, uh, unique vocals. Um, but there's just like this tendency to do this thing where you have the clean vocal and then the growl, the growl, or you have right. all growls or like, I don't know. I just don't know if I even really want to hear growl anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like I no, think, I'm, well, and yeah, and it's dying, right? It's yeah. dying as a as a tool. But go ahead. Oh no, yeah, I, I just feel like I feel like, um, you know, like again, I'll I'll put I'll put Bolt Thrower in. I'll I'll listen to Obituary or Death from time to time, and I'll listen to Cathedral that also kind of have a growl. But I, <laughs> but uh, but I I just I I I I think now when I hear it. Especially because everybody's trying to put their own unique twist on it, it always just sounds more and more cartoonish. It doesn't sound like it's actually. I don't think it's a vocal style that can progress any further than it got with death metal. Do you know what I mean? Like that was sort of the end of the sound for me with the growl, and and so, you know, when I hear it now, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, it just maybe I'm just an old man. I I just I'll just hear a band and I'll be like. That sounds ridiculous. Like I know when I listened to Obituary when I was younger, to adults Obituary sounded ridiculous, but but I swear there's a difference between Obituary and some of the stuff I'm hearing today. Like there's just a there's a difference that matters, and and I I don't know. I think again it's the derivative thing. I think when you have a band that's now like Obituary wasn't listening to Obituary. Do you know what I mean? Like they right. do you know what I mean? There there were other things going on vocally than just the growl. And I don't, right. and and I think that now it's kind of like just a self-parody when I hear it, um, and it's probably due to the derivative thing. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. Uh, oh, go, I go think, ahead. Uh, Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer were bands that survived without good lead singers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They uh, kind of they, they, they made lemons, uh, they made lemonade out, out of out of lemons basically. Right. They built their sound around the fact that well, we don't have a good lead singer, and we're not, we don't want to sound like Judas Priest. We don't want to sound like Iron Maiden. We want our own sound. And the only way to do that is by controlling the amount of people in this band, right? You add a front man to Metallica, right? Now Metallica's beholden to that guy. Yeah. Now we have to make a sound. Whatever sound he wants to do for the next album, we've got to work around that. But And he's not one of the original creators. So all of these bands, they maintain sort of this authority, or not authority, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, control. They were maintains this sort of control over their sound because the original guys were part of not just making the the music but also singing the songs. Yeah. All these bands have lead singers who do something else in the band. Yeah. And 
And James think... James Hetfield is basically a rhythm guitarist, and it shows in his voice. Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you have a uh, you have these bands that come afterwards, uh, Morbid Angel or Death Angel or whatever the band Morbid was. Morbid Angel. I think I think there was Death Angel too, but Morbid Angel was. Uh... They come after this, and they start to it starts to sound sloppy. In my opinion, I'm, and this is my opinion. I, I think I, I, I think Morbid it, Angel is a thing of beauty, but go on, go on. Yeah, <laughs> I know you do. It starts to sound sloppy because people are now saying, well, if Slayer can do this with vocals and succeed, mm. what can we do with all these noises yeah. and still create... It becomes a cacophony to me, yeah. but to, to people that like that sort of noise, that's where it grows, right? That's where the growl happens, eventually happens. I'm not saying... Morbid Angel made the growl. Yeah. I'm just saying. I think death. I think. I think death is death. Technically considered the first death metal band. Is uh, it? Yeah, I think death is because they were doing oh. that in like '86, '87, something like that. But even death's growl wasn't as ridiculous and Cookie Monsterish as say early it's, Opeth. No, but it, it's pretty. It's pretty growly. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 a death yeah. growl. Um, no, you and listen I, to death, and it's 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 a little bit more palatable. I think when you listen to death, because because they know that what they're doing is not sounding very pleasant to the ear. Do you know what I mean? So they have to really do it well. Um, by the time it becomes an aesthetic, it's sort of like what you're talking about. I think right. It, metal metal fans are puritanical assholes, and I'm a perfect example of that. And you have to pass a lot of litmus tests to get your sound to be accepted into the metal community. Mm-hmm. And so the baby steps it takes for the growl to become as pervasive as it is, that that didn't happen overnight, and eventually it became oversaturated, right? Yeah. I mean, how does anybody listen to Necrophagist? I don't even know how you listen to that band. It is just uh, that's that is like a headache machine. That is what it's designed to do: is just rattle your skull until you fall to the ground and you're unable to walk because of your migraine. Um, and I'm not saying they're a bad band. They know what they're doing. They're all technically proficient guys, but what they've come up with, for me, is just too much. And there's tons of people who think Necrophagist is fantastic. Well, t- technically proficient and good are different. Like, like we were talking right. about Deicide, and we both kind of agree we didn't really dig Deicide. Yeah. And and they were very technical. They were tight. As, and I don't think I don't think there's like a tighter death metal band than Deicide. Like you get why people like them, but yeah, you know, it all kind of sounded similar to me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I just think, and again, I get why the death metal bands didn't appeal to you. And I had a certain level of resistance to them when I first encountered them. And it was never, the death growl was never my favorite vocal style. Like it's right. not, you know, it was, it, it was always something where it's like, well, there's a lot of other interesting stuff going on in this music. And so I'm going to listen to it, you know, but, but the early death metal bands, they were still like when I showed you when I sent you that obituary album. To me, the thing that's interesting about it is the, the again the different things that he's doing rhythmically and tonally to create distinctions between the different tracks in the album. And you know, I, 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 I that's something that I don't I don't hear as much these days. Um, you know, and again, you know, again, when when we were listening to this stuff when it was coming out it was just considered noise. It's not like it was considered some, you know, you know, classic metal that people might regard it as today. You know, this stuff was the, the, w- w- like, I remember when I, when I would, 
you know, attempt to play a band like Obituary or even Bolt Thrower at my house, you know, my dad, who's a very tolerant person, just couldn't, he would explode. Do you know what I mean? He just couldn't yeah. handle it. Um, and and I think that was a pretty typical reaction to, to something like that. I think he called. I think he said his description of death metal was this person sounds very constipated. Can you please turn it off? You know that was sort of <laughs> that was that was how he described it. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't I don't know. Uh, any other? We're coming on the one hour mark, so I, I don't want to kill you tonight. But uh, any other no, topics no. you wanted to? To you know that we both can stay. We can talk. We'll talk for two more hours after we're done recording because that's yeah. what we do. Well, uh, that's true. I, I just except I say... have to get my wife at ten. So if I if I talk for two hours, I'll be dead by morning. Um, <laughs> that is not my problem, though. No, no. Just, my wife uh, said to me one day. She said, "If I had a weapon, I would kill you." That was, the... <laughs> <laughs> and I think I don't think she was joking. Wow. Yeah. So so I'm that going to pick her up in on court later. I'm just saying. <laughs> No, no. Um, I'm going to sound like a hypocrite now after all this making fun of the death growl. And I'm going to say I love Ginger, the band Ginger. I think you showed me Ginger recently. Um, Yeah. She is, she does both, right? She does the really high, wonderful harmonics and just a wonderful voice. And then she'll do the death growl thing. It's not the same kind of death growl. It's not the Cookie Monster voice. But it's still it falls into that category of unlistenable. If that's all she did, yeah, I would say I can't stand this band. I but I put up with it to get to the rest of it. Yeah, I generally am kind of that way these days. Now I will say I find female death growls much more palatable than male death growls. Maybe because they're just more novel to my ear. Do you know what I mean? I haven't heard as many female death growls, so when I hear it, it sounds a little bit distinct. And I think the higher pitch works a little bit better. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, there's another, I know that Arcona is another band where they have a female singer who does the growl and the clean. And, and I'm, you know, that I, I can enjoy. Um, but, uh, but I don't know. I, I just, the, it's kind of like the, the growl was the last thing I want to hear when I'm hearing good metal music now. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, and again, the way that it's handled in Unleash the Archers, it's in small doses but yeah. I just I I feel like what the death growl does is it detracts from the credibility of the lyrics. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's like I would be taking this so much more seriously if you weren't growling those words. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I don't know, and, and and I just find it perplexing when a band has a perfectly good, clean vocalist why they would alternate between the two. Right. Like I get I get that well, it's a technique that it has a certain it creates a certain atmosphere. There's all these things. I don't know. I, I just I just don't know that I'm a huge fan of it these days. Um, and we're but, right back to the original point, which is some of these bands are young and they haven't learned to edit themselves yet. Yeah. Well, and and again, I think in a lot of these bands, what what's pouring out of them is a lot of really good technique too. And so there's that. It's like you you understand why there's these excesses because a lot of what a lot of the excesses that we were commenting on were things like shredding on the guitar for example or um you know just things that you would want to do if you were a really good band do you know what i mean it takes a long time i think to get to the point where you have a more restrained approach to the sound um you know it's kind of like when you just graduate from college you really want to show off all your million dollar words do you know what i mean and then you come to anybody who's like 10 years out of school and they're talking a lot more like 
how they talked before they went to college. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> right, right. It's, so I, I think that's the same that happens with music. You get person gets to a really high level and then they they want to show it off and then you know once they've matured they kind of tone that down a little bit and they get they get back to writing good music. Um, right. So, but yeah, I don't know. Um, do we do we have any other topics or are we uh, are we are we done for the evening with this one? Um, I, I think whoever's listening has had it anyway, so yeah. we should probably just sign off. Okay, all right, so we'll we'll head out. We we are going to be doing that seventh son of a seventh son podcast at some point. Yeah, if know. Rob would stop writing so much and take a minute yeah. to talk with us, yeah. talk about really important metal stuff instead of doing. <laughs> what is more important than talking about that album? Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> I think it's very important, but I I think I think uh, I think it's understandable that he's. He's uh he's working on 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 um on what is he working on now? Did he say or is it is that under? Is that uh, under he's that? updated it on his page. He's working on four different um, expansions for Shadow of the Demon Lord that oh, he owes. That's a lot. So oh, yeah. is it like a Kickstarter type thing? Like is he doing? No, some... well, one of them's a Kickstarter. The other ones are just things that he's been promising for a long time would be expanded on in the world. Okay. I wrote a PDF for it a long time ago. Um, and it's really hard to write for that world. It's so crunchy. There's so much data, and you don't want to do it wrong. There's a certain tone to it. And what's the, what's the name of the PDF you wrote? Uh, it was about Valgrendia, the land land of Valgrendia. I don't remember what the final title was. Queen of Air and Darkness, maybe. Okay. It's and it's on. Is it on RPG? Uh, Drive through RPG or is it? Yeah, it's uh, not Drive through RPG. Okay. They're getting rid of RPG now. They They're did already. I, I try because I used to always yeah. go to RPG now, and I went there the other day, and it's like, nope, doesn't exist anymore. Um, so it's gone. Um, but Drive through RPG is still up. So, uh, I mean, it's smart. It really was annoying to have half of your sales like, Depending on how the split happened, you could kind of get screwed on those coinage badges that they have. Do you know what I mean? Like, right, if you, right. Because if you sold like twenty on one site and like, you know, I don't know what the like, like you could get just under the number than if it had all been on one site. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can get <laughs> twenty shy of a hundred or whatever the cutoff point is. Um, I can't remember what the cutoff point is for the first one, but. It was very easy to kind of screw yourself, and the savvy people know to just mark it to the one, the same one every time. Um, right. But the stupid people like me, kind of, just randomly split it up. Um, but but yeah, so so anyways, we'll be back on. Uh, I don't know. We're gonna talk about concept albums. I know we have a we have a, we have a bunch of topics we want to get to. So we'll be back on, and we'll talk about more metal stuff. And until then, we will talk to you later.